Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we'd like to discuss the details and mention it all. All right, let's get into the episode. So today I'm going to be doing a couple of podcast reviews a little snippet from Margaret Joseph's podcast, Caviar Dreams and Tuna Fish Budget. I'll also be doing an episode from RIP Diets from Emily Lubin and a Kardashian episode. And Emily talks about the Kardashians in her episode. So I continued on with that topic. And so I will get into that soon. First, so right now it is, I might sound a little a little different today because it's pretty early in the morning. I mean, it's not early. It's 9 a.m. I usually don't. Uh, I usually tape later in the day when I'm fully woken up and I have all my other stuff done. And like it's usually around like 5 p.m. or something when I'm I'm doing this. Sometimes I've had a cocktail. Uh, it's Thursday. So but now I am so busy and I just I wanted to knock it out. Usually I want to save it like till the last thing I do because I I enjoy doing this and I have all this other crap I don't want to do. Um, But today I just had so much other stuff to do later in the day like I've got my taxes to do and all kinds of fun stuff. So I wanted to get this done early. So I'm a little bit you know I just had a little bit of coffee still waking up a little bit but um, but anyway, I, uh, we're in the process. It's just been a very, very, very stressful, stressful week, a lot going on. We're actually transitioning our business here in Arizona to another license holder. So we've been literally shut down for four days. This is the fourth day, just trying to get everything moved over and set up. And it's just, you know, I have patients calling me trying to find out when we can deliver. And that is stressful because it's their medicine. So, and of course, the old license holder we were with is being a complete asshole on our way out. And it's just beyond this this group of people that are completely unprofessional. I now understand why they don't have a great reputation in the marketplace. Uh, I thought we were making a really good choice when we chose them as a partner. Uh, but, you know... You you see who people are once you start working with them, once you're in a relationship with them, and then all the ugly sides come out. So, um, so you know, you, you deal with it. When you're not the license holder, you're literally everyone's bitch. So that is my life right now. Um, so beyond that, though, I have been, you know, because I've been so busy, I just have not been able to focus on food as much as I used to. I'm definitely now realizing that, you know, before I had this second job, um, well, third job, whatever you want to call it, I, I think I was just boredom eating a lot. You know, all the food I would just graze on all night long, complete boredom. (laughs) So I, now that I'm, crazy busy through the night, I'm not hungry. I'm just, I, you know, I, I sip on my, my protein shake through work and I sometimes eat some nuts if I get a little hungry and I, you know, and because I'm not using cannabis earlier in the night where, you know, I used to use it right after work, like maybe five or six. Uh, and now it's, you know, I'm not using it till like 10, sometimes nine or 10. And so, and I'm just wired. Like I'm, I, I'm energized after work. I can't stop thinking about everything. 
and I'm, you know, going to bed at midnight. And so last night I went to bed like around midnight just because I couldn't shut my brain off. I did have this Asian salad. So I did a smart thing last week when I went grocery shopping. I'm like, I knew how crazy this week was going to be. So I decided to get some pre-made salads from Trader Joe's just so I didn't have to worry about cooking or preparing really anything or meal prepping anything. So I got these really delicious udon noodle vegan Asian salads that I love. They've got cabbage and carrots and peanuts and this super, super delicious um, like peanut dressing. It's like a Thai peanut dressing. It's got a little spice to it, a little heat. So good. And it's so satisfying. So this week I've been tr- like, I've been trying to get more protein in, you know, as we age, retaining muscle mass, getting more protein in is so important. And what I've been realizing, especially when I was doing that, those vegan meals, I'm just not getting enough protein. And so what I've started to do this week is add a Greek yogurt to my protein shake that I normally have because I usually don't even use like a full scoop of the the protein powder. So now I'm putting a larger scoop of the protein powder. I'm putting Greek yogurt into it just to up my protein intake. And then I've been having an egg. Well, now I used to just have one egg on a half a bagel because I like I usually like there to be a little bit of a higher bread ratio to my egg ratio when I'm eating an egg egg on a bagel, Uh, but because I want to get more protein, I've been adding an extra egg white, so I'll have one full egg with an egg white on my bagel, and so that's been, I think that's also been keeping me a lot fuller, which is a great thing. I hate, you know, when my stomach grumbles and I get hungry, and then, you know, and then I'll I'll use my cannabis and then I'll start to get the munchies again, like, you know, like around 11 p.m. So that's when I've been having like 10, 11, sometime between 9 and 11, I'll have my udon noodle Asian salad. And so this thing comes in, you know, a, a, a container and it's interesting. Like if I put the whole, what I do, I need to chop everything perfectly. So all my salads, if I'm eating a salad, it has to be perfectly chopped. This is why I don't order salads when I go out to restaurants because I make a mess. I'm like, it has to be perfectly chopped with perfect amount of dressing, perfect amount of salt, perfect amount of pepper. And so with this salad, what I found is a lot of times I just want to eat half and save the rest for later. Because if I pour the whole thing into one bowl, it's just a little bit too much at one time. And it's less appetizing and less delicious than if I put a smaller portion in my bowl, eat that first, and then go back for more. Now, when I do this, getting the exact right amount of this dressing is a little bit difficult. There's usually one half of the salad that has a little bit too little dressing and one that has a little too much. It's hard to find that perfect balance. But it's interesting how, you know, and sometimes I'll just eat half the salad, then just immediately go back for more. But I do that just because it is more delicious if I split it up and have a smaller portion in my bowl. Anyone with me on that? You know, if you have just a huge plate of food, I don't know. I I find food is more appetizing when there's, you know, normal to smaller portion sizes and the pleasure of being able to go back for more. That's, That's how I like it. Anyway, um, so yeah, so that's been my week. I did post a picture, a, a little series, a reel on my Instagram of the fresh tangelo juice I made. So 
the fruit trees are in my yard are bearing lots of fruit. Not a huge grapefruit person, but we have an orange tree and a tangelo tree. The tangelos are super sweet, really good, uh, and they're very ripe. So I made this tangelo juice and I had ordered these silicon popsicle molds from Amazon, you know, because I'm not doing processed sugar this month. So I was like, oh, let me make some popsicles. So if I want a sweet treat, you know, I can have a popsicle. Now, I'm not a popsicle person in general. Give me a fudgicle, keep the popsicles away. But during this, you know, non-processed sugar month, I'm like, maybe I'll want a popsicle. Maybe that'll be delicious. So I made the tangelo juice and the tangelo juice is really good. Um, if you want to see me get this fresh juice, then you can go to my Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. And I, so I made the juice and I drank some of the juice, which the juice was really delicious. I love a tart. It's very, it was very tart. It wasn't as sweet as I thought it would be because, I mean, the tangelos are very, very ripe and just some are sweeter than others. So the whole, the, the outcome of the juice was that it was, my, my mouth is watering as I, as I talk about this. Uh, it was very tart. And so I made the popsicles. Now, oh my God, these popsicles. I poured, of course, I poured too much in, in and and they just kept seeping out. So I had to keep wiping it off, wiping it off, wiping it off. Then they then it seeped all over the freezer. I had to clean up the freezer. I mean, this is the story of my life. I Everything I make is like a complete disaster. I can make soup and get it everywhere. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so, so anyway, so I finally get these freaking popsicles in the freezer and I, I pull them out. Now, most of them, as you can see from the picture on Instagram, when, once they finally froze, like half of the, the sticks are askew because again, I, once they, they must expand. I don't know. I thought things contracted when they freeze, but maybe they expand. I don't know. But anyway, I think these expanded because the, the popsicles, that, that's, I think, how the juice kept seeping out. And so the pops, the sticks are all crazy looking. Anyway, so I, one was perfect. <laughs> one, one had the stick perfectly in it. And so I pulled that one out and t- tasted it. It was very, very, very tart. So I probably won't even eat these popsicles. I'll probably just sit there in the freezer forever. Um, so anyway, that was my experience with popsicle making. Maybe I'll eat them. Maybe I'll put a little vodka with them. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, okay, so I wanted to do just a little snippet on caviar dreams and tuna fish budget. And only a little snippet because, well, actually, let me let me go back. So, so caviar dreams and tuna fish budget, I just learned of this podcast. It's Margaret Joseph's from The Real Housewives of New Jersey and her co-host Lexi. Now, I learned about this podcast because they appeared on the Taylor Strucker show, which, of course, I'm obsessed with that show. And Margaret had talked about doing the semaglutides, like the knockoff of Ozempic. So it's the compounds that are in Ozempic, but she goes to this doctor that... um that gives her like this cocktail. So he gives her, he gives her the semaglutides that keeps her appetite very, very low. He gives her another shot that's supposed to retain her muscle mass, which is actually very important because if you're not eating a lot and you are aging, you lose muscle mass. So that's what, that's one of the reasons I'm trying to get more protein in because I don't want to lose a lot of muscle as I continue to age. So, um, 
So anyway, so she and then she gets something else. I forget what the other shot she gets is for, but she gets this this cocktail. And with that, you know, she's not hungry. You know, you lose your appetite supposedly with these semaglutides. So the ep- the title, the episode title was Hot and Hangry. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I got to listen to this one. So, you know, about 14 minutes in, 15 minutes in, they start having a conversation about how they haven't eaten and like, and it's like 3 p.m. Now, I cannot do that. I, so I actually, I mean, it's 9 a.m. in the morning. I haven't eaten yet. I don't get, start getting hungry till like 11 a.m. But, you know, to go till 3 p.m. Now, there have been times that I, you know, when I tape my podcast later in the day that I'm really, really hungry, I have to eat before I do this podcast. There's no way I can come on and be focused and be in a good mood if I am hangry like that. So I was a little, I was interested to hear that they were, you know, hadn't eaten till 3 p.m. Now, I know that some people do the intermittent fasting, but obviously, you know, this is because they lose their appetite from the semaglutides. Now, Lexi, I'm not sure if Lexi does them too, but I definitely know Margaret does. So anyway, I thought that was interesting that they were hangry. They hadn't taken time to eat. It was 3 p.m. So anyway, just wanted to mention that. And then they got into this topic of, you know, people that change their body as a trend. And they were talking about like the Kardashian effect. They were talking about BBLs. And like how they think the Kardashians have removed or dissolved their BBLs. And um, and they just started talking about how, you know, they support plastic surgery. Like, you know, Margaret's been very open about how she's had a facelift and how, you know, she's had her boobs done and how, you know, she supports all that. She supports the rhinoplasty. What she thought is you know, not a smart idea for society is to modify your body based on a trend. And so then they got into the whole BBL discussion about how the Kardashians had removed their BBLs and dissolved their BBLs. And, you know, personally, I think I, again, I don't know. I don't know if they've dissolved their BBLs, but what I do know is they've lost a lot of weight And I'm like, well, wouldn't a BBL go down if you lose weight, right? Like, hello, it's, it's fat injections or, or synthetic injections is what I believed. And so I'm like, if the Kardashians had fat injections and they're losing weight and losing fat, just like they lose weight everywhere else, aren't they going to lose weight in their asses? Like, why is everybody so obsessed with, oh, they got their BBLs dissolved when they're clearly super, super thin right now? So I don't know that I agree with the fact that they had their BBLs dissolved. Heather McDonald believes that. I I don't think that. I, I don't know. So then I started thinking, like, what it like, let me look up the actual definition of a BBL. Like what is a BBL? So I wanted to do a little segment on understanding the BBL. Okay, so let's talk about what the definitions of BBLs. Now, I did know that there were many different kinds of BBLs, mainly from the media. So 
I was watching The Real Housewives of Miami the other day, and Adriana was getting what she called a BBL, and she actually filmed it. And all it was was these, like, injections that were going to make her ass a little bit rounder, just specifically in the areas where she had seen some of the flattening. So to me, that seemed kind of like a smart thing to do and not very invasive. Um, and I've, but I've also heard, so I heard this girl on a podcast one time. She, I forget her name. I think she's had her Instagram page shut down a bunch. She's like, it's, she has freak in her title, like little freak or something. She was on this podcast where she talked about how she, she slept with like seven of the NBA Suns players. <laughs> and, and this girl's kind of like, um, like an Instagram model type who, you know, she's like that. She's one of those girls that has, she has like really large breast implants. She's got the big lips. She had, now she has one of the really dramatic BBLs. We're talking like the ones that look like you could like lean on it and it's like a shelf. Um, and that's like that exaggerated look. Now, what she had talked about on this podcast and what became clear to me is that, you know, she she was definitely one of those girls that like is all about pleasing the male fantasy to the point where, you know, you have this like blown up, exaggerated stripper look where, you know, it's like exaggerated breasts, exaggerated ass, exaggerated lips, like the porn star type of thing, um, you know, that whatever. So... So, and some of the stories she told, I mean, you know, she's like degraded herself for some of these guys. She's put herself in really dangerous situations with rappers just to, and just done a lot of, again, to each her own. And if you're, if you're a sexual being and you want to do whatever you want to do, I fully support that. I just think that some girls get into really dangerous situations when they're just trying to like please a man sometimes and also change their bodies in a way sometimes again to please this like male rapper fantasy type where they they get dangerous surgeries and what she was saying is that she wouldn't recommend getting a bbl she's like it's really dangerous people have tons of complications and she's like i just wouldn't recommend it now i don't know where she got her bbl and I think the people that get the really, really dramatic ones are the ones that have the most complications, potentially. I, I really, I don't know. I'm sure there's people that have this, the lesser ones where their bodies just reject whatever they're doing, right? That I'm sure all of the, that happens. But I would make an educated guess that the really dramatic ones where you're injecting a lot of stuff into yourself and making major changes to your body where that's where probably some of the danger can come in. And then, of course, you see those people that go get a hack job in like Mexico or something and have cement literally injected into their bodies and people have died from that. And I mean, there's all kinds of horror stories. But if you're going to a reputable place, and I looked up some surgery centers in Miami and Boston and so let me educate all of you, for those of you that don't know the different types of BBLs, Brazilian butt lifts, 
Here we go. So uh, this is off of a Boston surgery website. So it talked about how a Brazilian butt lift procedure is performed to enhance the size and shape of a patient's buttocks and help them achieve their ideal figure. The procedure involves liposuction on one or more areas of the body that a patient wishes to have excess fat deposits removed. And let me just say... I am not supporting a BBL by talking about this, okay? I am not recommending that anybody go get a BBL. I would not get a BBL. Now, more on that later. Again, if I had like a really flat part of my butt that was just like, for whatever reason, just like my face, like like one side of my face jowls are falling a little bit more than the other, like I would correct that, okay? So I, I believe in corrective things. That's just a, a quick side note. But I'm not supporting this. So all of you, that's, anyone that's listening to this, this is not advice. <laughs> this is not to say that anyone should do this, okay? Um, so anyway, uh, the next stage of the procedure is grafting this fat into the buttocks. The fat is typically injected into the buttocks in a specific quantity to various areas of the buttocks to achieve the desired shape and enhancement. So then there's a mini Brazilian butt lift. So the mini BBL procedure is similar to the regular BBL procedure. It simply takes less fat via liposuction and, and a smaller amount of fat is grafted. So with this, for example, 400 or 500 cc's would be used in a mini versus 800 to 900 cc's, which is typical for a normal BBL. And it said this technique is therefore more suitable for patients who want a less dramatic result, a more natural or smaller enhancement, or wish to alter the shape of their buttocks and enhance its symmetry. Then there's lipo360 and Brazilian butt lift. So this procedure includes multiple areas of liposuction, typically performed around the waist, the back, the thighs, etc., to ensure the patient's figure is proportional. Standard liposuction for a Brazilian butt lift can be performed on multiple areas of the body, but will not be performed around the circumference of the body to achieve a balanced and proportional figure. Some surgeons only perform BBL procedures with lipo360 as it tends to achieve the best results for many patients as more of the figure is contoured. Then there's the plus size Brazilian butt lift. So a plus size Brazilian butt lift tends to refer to BBL patients who have a high BMI. Generally for a surgical procedure, suitable candidates are those who are a healthy weight and do not have a high BMI, as being overweight can increase the risk of complications occurring as a result of this procedure. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and so, however, there are patients who have a high BMI, but are still suitable candidates to undergo surgery. So don't worry, people, they will still take your money. Um, and then there's the J plasma Brazilian butt lift. So the AJ, sorry, it's AJ plasma Brazilian butt lift generally works the same way as a typical BBL procedure as it adds fat to the buttocks. However, a AJ, I'm sorry, it is a J plasma. A J-plasma BBL allows for advanced body contouring as it can achieve a greater enhancement to the buttocks than a BBL procedure. Additional liposuction of the areas above and below the buttocks are performed and then treated with J-plasma tightening. J-plasma tightening is a treatment performed to tighten and firm the skin and works by using radio frequency energy. Okay, that is the most confusing one. I don't know if I, I wouldn't get that because I don't get it. 
Then there's the non-surgical Brazilian butt lift. Now, this is the one I think Adriana got. Or wait, actually, maybe not. Let me let me read these and I'll make a hypothetical guess on what Adriana got. Um, so non-surgical Brazilian butt lift. There are multiple non-surgical BBL options that patients can consider. Uh, Healthline explains that both hydrogen and silicone injections can be used to enhance both the size and shape of the buttocks. These injections can be used rather than injections of fat. For some patients, this is a more suitable option as they are too thin and do not have enough excess fat deposits to undergo liposuction and so cannot have a BBL using a fat transfer. I mean, I think part of the great thing about a BBL is that you get liposuction if if you're somebody. I can understand people that are really naturally thin but still want a curvaceous butt. Um, and, you know, because a lot of people that, again, the Kardashians, I think definitely helped make the curvier body more acceptable where it used to be just the twiggy thin body. But now it's made, you know, people that are really thin with small butts insecure. So somebody's always going to be insecure in society, right? And then the non-invasive Brazilian butt lift. So non-invasive treatments mean that patients don't need to undergo surgery and will have no incisions and leave no scars. These treatments tend to try to trigger natural processes in the body to get a more desirable appearance rather than injecting anything into the buttocks. Some patients prefer this option. It is more natural and achieves more subtle results than other options. Then there's the sculpture Brazilian butt lift. So Healthline explains that a sculpture butt lift is performed to enhance a patient's buttocks without surgery. Sculpture is a type of dermal filler which stimulates collagen production in the skin. This production of collagen can enhance the appearance of the buttocks as it helps to fill out the shape and structure and enhance the skin's quality. However, this treatment is not FDA approved. So definitely, I think Adriana had one of these non-invasive Brazilian butt lifts because she just had some sort of injection. I can't remember what the lady that was doing the injection said it was, but this made the most sense to me because it wasn't surgery. It was, and, and Adriana is very thin, you know, in the rest of her body. And, you know, and it didn't achieve some unnatural look. I think it just helped create more roundness and more balance to her ass area because she's I think she's close to 60 now like she's definitely in her 50s and you know I I think that I don't think that that's a, a not smart thing to do I think the ones that are major ones where they're taking huge parts of like doing a ton of liposuction and then putting a and and then when you're doing like the really there was one, I don't know why I don't have it on here, but there was one called the shelf. It was like the shelf Brazilian butt lift. That was the one that literally was so dramatic that it looks like a shelf. I mean, it was literally called that. And that those are the ones that like, you know, those are just those exaggerated ones that you'll see some Instagram models have gotten that are, I mean, if you see one of these in person, it is crazy. You know, it's so unnatural. It's so just, I mean, it's hard not to stare at it. I saw a lady on a beach where I was just like, you know, because you see like there have been people that have gone to hatch job surgeons or, you know, who knows if they're even surgeons. And I, I saw a woman who basically had breast implants 
put in her ass. And and it it looked like huge, just jiggly butt in I mean breast implants. It it looked so so bad, so crazy. So and I I really feel for people that spend a lot of money and they haven't done their research and they end up botched. I mean, we've talked about being botched many a time on the show. Now, because this is like the traditional butt lifts, right? So so regardless of what you're getting in there, right? If you're getting like hyaluronic acid or you're getting these injections, that is going to dissolve over time. So you would need to continue to go and do those. So for again, if the if the Kardashians got synthetic material, hyaluronic acid or sculpture, one of these ones that isn't their own fat, that's going to dissolve over time. It's not that they got it potentially dissolved. It's just that regardless, that's going to dissolve. Then you've got the transfer of fat. Like if you, this is what I always assumed the Kardashians had done because they were so snatched in other parts of their bodies. Like they have unnaturally flat stomachs no love handles whatsoever. You know, their thighs don't seem to have any fat. Like what I assumed is they took that fat from the rest of their body, you know, and then have that inject injected into their ass just to make it really smooth. Like I think the Kardashians have natural large asses anyway. I just think that potentially this, the BBLs that they got were just to kind of smooth it over they still have big asses like, you know, they do. So I, I don't necessarily agree with Margaret Joseph's in and what society is saying that they got these dissolved. Uh, and then I looked up because I'm like, it makes sense to me that if you have because the whole thing with with liposuction, what they say is if you end up getting liposuction and then you gain weight after that, the fat can appear in very, very weird places. So I would imagine that if you get fat in like liposuction and then a BBL, if you end up losing weight, I, I would imagine that some of that BBL goes away too. So I looked up what happens to a BBL if you lose weight. And I got a lot. So this is what it said. It said losing 20 pounds or more after surgery could change the overall aesthetic appearance of your results. Although this will depend on the quality and stability of a person's tissue. Then I saw another one that said BBL results can last many years. However, patients should remember that this body contouring treatment does not stop the normal aging process. Your bottom may flatten over time or change as a result of weight loss, exercise, and diet. Duh. I mean, that's, you know, that just makes sense to me. It's like when I get injections into, you know, all the wrinkles and, you know, that I whatever, not all the wrinkles, but like this huge deep line that I have in my neck. I've gotten that filled before. Guess what? Two years later, it's gone. Like I hit that line reappears. <clears throat> so, you know, you're going to have things dissolve, things, you know, if you lose weight. So that's why, again, I personally think the Kardashians are not necessarily getting their BBLs dissolved. I think some of them have just lost a lot of weight, and that's just a natural progression of what happens when you lose weight. All right, so now let's get into the review of RIP diets. Since Emily did do an episode of the Kardashians, this is not uh, 
the first RIP episodes I did, if you'll remember back, was on intuitive eating. Now, this one, I just wanted to kind of scroll through and look for one that caught my eye. And of course, I love the Kardashians. So I did one on the Kardashians. So, so Emily wanted to do one on the Kardashians and diet culture. And she started with a beautiful, lovely segment that I loved called Food News Segment. So not getting directly into the Kardashian, she wants to celebrate food like I do on this ep- on this podcast, which I love. And so she wanted to talk about this new, this is obviously old at this point, but it was new at this, the time that this aired, Krispy Kreme collaboration with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Delicious. Now, of course, this is going to get my mouth watering as I'm not eating processed sugar right now. But my, I mean, I used to eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch as a kid. I loved Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Now, I wouldn't drink the milk after. I would, that was too sugary for me, but I would eat that sugary cereal. And then Krispy Kreme is probably, it's probably like my favorite donut chain, uh, you know, because I love a sugary, sugary, sugary icing. And nobody does it better, really, than Krispy Kreme because it's got a double icing on it. Mm, so, so, well, most of them do. So good. So she wanted to talk about this this collaboration, and she said there's going to be three varieties with cinnamon milk glaze, and so one of them was glazed with cinnamon milk glaze, just a very simple one. The next, the number two, they're making three different kinds. The other one was a cinnamon milk glaze donut with cream cheese icing topped with with the cinnamon toast crunch cereal pieces. And then there was another another donut that had the cinnamon milk glaze that had dolce de leche icing, cereal pieces, and a sprinkle of cinnamon sugar. Yummy. And... Emily was loving, loving, loving these options. So, so that was just a little short segment on a delicious new food that's out. Not sure if they Krispy Kreme still makes it, but maybe once my processed sugar week or month is over, I will go and look and see. Uh, so then she got into she she like I have some bones to pick with this Kardashian segment. So she has an issue because there's, you know, a lot of diet culture found within this episode. And she's like, you know, she's like, I have a bone to pick with Kim Kardashian. Now, this was all about the Met Gala and how she was going to lose the 16 pounds in three weeks to fit into Marilyn Monroe's dress and how she was running on the treadmill and cutting all carbs and sugar and wore a sweatsuit. So Emily had a problem with her putting this out there, like changing your body. You know, Emily doesn't like the way that the dress looks on her. She's like, it wasn't meant for her body type. You know, she and and also, you know, she's like, Kim shouldn't have to alter her body to fit into a dress. She's like, that is not a worthy pursuit. Um, she's like, I also didn't think it went really with that Met Gala theme. Um, she's like, it was the Gilded Age. So she's like, I don't necessarily think that that dress really made sense for that. Now, it was kind of a gold shimmery dress. So I can see in that respect how it did go with the Met Gala theme. And I also think Kim Kardashian is just the type that likes to do little challenges with her body. 
Um, she's very goal oriented. And so I think that was just a fun goal for her, especially because it like, like gave her a reason to be strict with her diet, um, her, you know, food intake, if you will. And so, so after she told the press how much she lost, and then she said she couldn't wait to binge on all the delicious foods that she hasn't been eating. And Emily's like, you know, this is the, this is not a good message. She's like, if you cut off sugar, psychologically, you are going to crave it. And she's like, and that's where this binging and restricting, you know, just just cycle begins for a lot of people. It's so prevalent in today's society. I mean, I, I still have a little bit of that mentality. I, mean, I relate to this so much. Uh, and and But Emily just doesn't think that this is a good message for those that struggle with body image and eating disorders. She's like, it's very dangerous for people to have that as an example. She's like, and not to mention, why do this for a dress? And then Emily's like, it didn't even fit her anyway. She's like, she had to wear a fur shawl to hide the back because it couldn't zip. So, I mean, I, I would not, if, if a dress was just not going to fit me, I, I, I wouldn't want to have worn that shawl. The other thing that they didn't even talk, Emily didn't talk about on this episode was how Kim spent like the entire night dyeing her hair blonde. I'm surprised she still has hair left. I mean, like, first of all, if I ever tried to dye my hair blonde, it would be, it would snap off. It would be literal hay. I have very dry, coarse hair naturally. Kim should have just worn a wig, but she's so, like, she's so goal-oriented. She had set this in her mind as, like, I want to dye my hair blonde, and this is what I'm going to do. And she literally spent, like, almost an entire night doing, like, dyeing her hair. I can't imagine, like, that is just so extreme. I just would have thrown a wig on. But, and it, because her hair didn't look good, in my opinion, either. Like, it just... It just had that really freshly, it just, it didn't, it, it looked like a rush job. And I don't know, it, the, if you look at that episode, I just don't like her hair. Anyway, so, and then, you know, Emily went on to talk about how Marilyn was always a contra- controversial figure in the past, you know, who she dated. She was always treated as a sex symbol. She was praised for being curvy. She's like, we now know that she actually had a very, unattainable body type you know she had curves but was also curvy no she she was thin but also curvy so kim also had also is also curvy well i don't the note that i have here is that emily said we now know that she actually has a very attainable body type that she had curves but was also curvy i don't know if i i mistyped that but because then she said is juxtaposition that Kim is also curvy but petite. Emily thinks that she had a BBL. She's like, and Kim uses waist trainers. She just has a very exaggerated body figure. And she's like, and this is just messing with young girls about how attainable that type of body is. And and absolutely, I mean, that's the thing with just the media in general. If something is held up as beautiful. We're always like comparing ourselves to that and being like, well, why don't I look like that? Well, I wonder if I can look like that. And um, what's wrong with my body? And and so obviously Kim has extreme curves. Not everyone is like that, you know. So I understand what Emily's saying. 
Uh, I also know that the media is going to be there, right? The, the media is always going to be there. So, um, so anyway, she's like, she talked about how Kim was saying in an in interview, she's proud of her weight loss. She's glowing. It's just no one ta- talks about how unhealthy that is. She's like, this ideal is still going strong in our society. She's like, you don't need to lose weight to look fabulous and go to a fabulous event. You can just go as you are. And, you know, that's just, that's a better message to put out into society. She's like, and let's not forget, Marilyn was not a happy person. She committed suicide. She had to cater to the male gaze. And and she's like, and Emily, she's like, I'm not a Kardashian stan, but she's like, I decided to watch the first episode of the Hulu show because I wanted to see if diet culture crept in. She's like, and, and, you know, she's like, I don't want to take away from the fact that they are impressive people. They're motivated. They're, they build brands. They're all about female empowerment. You know, they have businesses. They're showing entrepreneurship. Um, and I, I agree with all of that. You know, um, she's like, they, they show being a strong family unit. And she's like, I think it's fine for people to look up to them for being fabulous. She's like, at the same time, I'm allowed to be critical towards the messaging that they're putting out there to the young audience that looks up to you. So Emily's totally right. You know, we all have a right to, to have our own opinion about things. And that's the world we live in, right? That's what this podcast is, sharing strong opinions. And so, you know, I I understand what Emily's very, very conscious about diet culture meth, meth, uh, messages. You know, obviously, I am I relate to the Kardashians and that I like to do little challenges. I mean, like I did the carnivore day. I, you know, I'm doing a no processed sugar month. So so I, I do stuff like kind of like not as extreme as the Kardashians, but I kind of like doing that stuff too. And I, I, I get that it is a little diet culture-y. So this is why this, this podcast is called The Diet Obsessed because I still like a little of this stuff. Anyway, and I like to analyze it. So, so then what Emily wanted to do was watch a watch one of the first, she actually watched the very first episode of the Hulu show. And, and Emily doesn't normally watch the Hulu show, but she wanted to watch one just to really like scan for diet culture messaging. So what she did, so so there's currently two episodes of, I'm sorry, two seasons of the Kardashians with their new Hulu show. And so what Emily did was watched season one, episode one. And she's like, on the very first episode, she's like, there's lots of references to diet culture, wanting to be skinny. She's like, by minute five, Kylie is pregnant. She's in the kitchen with Chris, her mom. And she's, she's new. So Kim was talking about how she knew that she was having a boy. And she knew that she was having a boy because of this old folklore of how when you're carrying a girl, the girls steal your beauty. And, but you're, but, you know, Kylie, you know, she's like, Kim is telling Kylie, but you're prettier, prettier and skinnier this time. So, you know, girls take your beauty for themselves and boys let you do your thing. So that was, you know, and Kim was just, you know, making this comment, but, but it is, it's funny how these, 
these this messaging from old you know old wives tales of like what happens when you're pregnant anyway so she's like you shouldn't be thinking about this stuff when you're pregnant you know people shouldn't be commenting on your body in general this is what emily is saying she's like you shouldn't be thinking about your body size or necessarily your beauty you should be focusing on having a healthy pregnancy is basically what emily's saying but of course, I mean, look, the Kardashians are on TV. They are very vain people. You're not just going to stop caring, caring about what you look like when you're pregnant. I, from what I understand, and of course, I've never been pregnant. For any of you that have kids, I'd love to hear from you. How did you feel? Did you still want to feel attractive when you were pregnant? I think most of us would. And what maybe that's society's pressures. I don't know. Then she talked then Emily talked about another scene where they had this catered lunch and there were chicken wings and french fries and they were loading up their plate and then it cuts to this confessional where Kim's like you know I normally eat vegan but I'm just going wild today and it shows just you know her like loading up her plate with the chicken wings and the fries and 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 it just shows how Emily said it just shows how skewed her perspective is on everything food related. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I think you know you have because I mean, because I talk about how I eat a lot. I certainly not vegan. I've talked about how I don't like vegan, but I eat a lot of vegetarian meals. But um, but I definitely eat a lot of processed food too. Well, you know, 20% at least of the time. So then Emily talked about how they all went to lunch. Kim ordered a grilled artichoke with mayo and skinny onion rings. That sounds delicious. Although I would want to dip my artichoke in something different. Better it be a, oh my God, my Nana used to make the best stuffed artichokes with this Italian breadcrumb stuffing. Oh my God, it was the best the best thing you'll ever eat. Uh, and I love an onion ring. Yum. My mouth is watering. It's time for breakfast. Uh, so then Courtney orders an impossible burger and sweet potato fries. So of course, I love this detailed description of what the Kardashians were eating. Uh, and then Chloe ordered an iceberg lettuce wedge chopped salad with ranch dressing. And then later in the confessional, they call themselves foodies. So Emily's like taking issue with them calling themselves foodies. She's like, this is why. And then they said, this is why we work out the way we do. This is why we order everything. Scarf it down and pray for forgiveness later. So that's what they said in their in their confessionals. They were kind of joking around about how they order everything, eat whatever they want, scarf it down and pray for forgiveness later. Um, and... Here's the thing. Emily's Emily's saying this is a horrible example of eating your food with exercise, basically saying that we eat bad and we need to try to now negate the calories with exercise. Um, she's like, they also use the word praying, which is religious. And people talk take dieting so seriously. And it, it becomes like this spiritual thing for them. And it's like this full focus in their lives. Now, Emily did do a little diatribe on, on the Kardashians calling themselves foodies. Now, here's the thing. One of the things I love about the Kardashians is they do love to eat. And they do love delicious food. And they talk about it. And they show it. They're always eating on their episodes. And I, and I think just because this meal wasn't like a foodie meal, like I'll never forget an old episode where Kim took a flight 
to New Orleans. She flew all around the world. I think she was pregnant. And she went to New Orleans to get just to get beignets. And I think she went to Paris to get some delicious thing from Paris. I'm like, that is my dream. <laughs> that is my dream. Being able to fly around the world to the most del- destinations that have the most delicious things that you're craving just to get that specific food. I mean, hello, hello. That is like, like when I go to Italy, I said like, you know, as we're planning this Europe trip, I'm like, you know, they're like, well, you know, let us know what you want to see. Let's talk about some of the destinations. I'm like, for me, it's all about the food. I want to eat a pastry every day in Paris. I want to eat lots of croissants. I want to eat escargot. I want to eat pasta every day in Italy. Bag, just like, anyway, it's all going to be about the food. So... Anyway, Emily says she thinks that these messages are toxic diet culture, harmful to the masses. Um, However, she did buy Skims and she thinks Skims is a great brand. She's like, it has tons of sizes. She's like, and I don't really know how I feel about shapewear. She's still kind of thinking about that. She's like, can you be body positive and inclusive while still wanting to wear shapewear? I think absolutely. I think, you know, it's... You know, when I've put on extra weight and I'm walking and it's jiggling, like I can feel like I'm very in tune with my body. And if I have, you know, 20 extra pounds on me, if I'm running or walking, I can feel it literally shaking. There's nothing wrong with wearing something that holds you in and makes you feel comfortable. In my opinion, you know, Lizzo came out with a line of shapewear and apparently she's getting attacked. You just, you know, you just can't win either way. Um so, so that was the end of Emily's uh, kind of review of the Kardashians. I, I liked that she went through and did that on an episode. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, and, you know, I just think it's, it's fun to just talk about these topics. I, and I like that she gave the credit to the Kardashians for being the powerhouse female entrepreneurs that they are. And still, you know, and she still has her right to be critical about certain aspects of their lives. Um, Obviously, Emily having, you know, body dysmorphia and having gone to fat camp as a kid and having lost a significant amount of weight. I mean, she's just more sensitive to these types of things and protective over, you know, young minds that can be susceptible to these things. So obviously, I'm not as as sensitive because I haven't had some of those traumatic things happening to me as a youth, but I I do understand Emily's perspective. On a side note, I was listening to Heather McDonald on a podcast talk about how she thinks that she's seen Lizzo start losing weight and how in three months she's like, you're going to see a dramatically different Lizzo. So stay tuned for that. I will be doing an episode on that if we see Lizzo having a dramatic weight loss. So because I really liked that Emily did that review of the Kardashians and she only watched that very, very first episode, I was like, I want to do that. I want to go watch all like another Kardashian episode from their Hulu show and do my own review and look for diet culture in there and see what I see. Uh, And so what I did since Emily looked at the very first episode I ended up going to the very last episode that season, which was season, it was season two, um, episode 10, I believe. And so this was, now, I, to be honest, I did not see a lot of diet culture references. 
And, but I did make some comments about different things that I noticed. So first of all, I mean, the first thing is, you know, Kim's talking about how, you know, she's divorced from Kanye now. She's about to go to Paris Fashion Week. She's crushing it with skims. And she's just really proud of doing life on her own, crushing business on her own, not needing the support of her husband to help her. Uh, And I love that. I love that message. Again, one of the reasons I love the Kardashians is because they're so, uh, they're obsessed. They're even more obsessed with business and success and goal getting than, than I am. And I'm very, very motivated myself and very, very business oriented. But I love talking about business. And maybe too much. I mean, I think in my everyday life, I do talk too much about business and I, um, and I, anyway, it's, it's sometimes very annoying, but, but anyway, I, that I, I relate to the Kardashians and their drive for success and their desire to start new businesses. That is their passion, right? So Kim was talking about how fun work can be fun if you're actually doing what you're passionate about. And I've been very fortunate in my life that everything I've ever done has always been something that I love and that I'm passionate about. You know, cannabis, I'm doing this podcast about diet and fitness and food and weight loss. And then, you know, my other, you know, kind of dating type of job that I took as my side hustle. So it's, it's, I like that. I've made my life into what I like for work. I work a lot, but I, but I like that. And I like this messaging that if you're pursuing your passions, you know, life is, you know, can be very fulfilling as you're working. So I just like that message. Anyway, so then she, now this episode, she's going to be walking in the Balenciaga Paris Couture uh, Fashion Week show. Now, Balenciaga is now like, I think, like gone. (laughs) I think everybody hates Balenciaga now as they should for that whole chat, like, child molestation photo shoot they did. I mean, so, you know, I'm watching this and of course I'm looking at every employee at Balenciaga as like, especially like the head of the design, the fashion house, because they did show him. Of course, I'm looking at him as this like nefarious, like dark soul. I'm like looking at all around him. I'm like, are those sex slaves? Are those people that are, you know, doing weird things and into child pornography? And I'm just, of course, that's where my mind goes. Now, probably none of that is true. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't understand how that happened. There's definitely something dark there. So, but it's not fair for me to just assume that on all their employees. So, of course, that's just my own weird mind projecting. But, um, so anyway, one of the scenes in this episode was Courtney and Travis with their, you know, extended family. Well, well, basically, it's their nuclear family with all their kids. They have like a million kids. And, they were getting served by home chefs and Courtney and Travis are super, super, super healthy, like very into nutrition, very into organic whole foods. You know, they're always drinking their matcha teas and the food they were being served was very, looked very healthy, very low carb. Uh, like I saw chicken lettuce wraps, chicken skewers, tons of vegetables, you know, they were talking about their matcha tea and, and, 
And now, you know, of course, Courtney has her line of supplements, the gummies. Uh, and, and that's really like very perfect for her. Uh, so yeah, so, so Courtney definitely lives that kind of high nutrition life. Uh, what has always interested me about like when you see shows like with Kim and, and especially Chloe, like they have these now Chloe's obviously lost a lot of weight. She is super fit what I always, always confuse is these massive cookie jars that they would have in their home. And these cookie jars would always be perfectly filled with these, like it looked like double stuffed cookies, like cream filled cookies, delicious. And I'm like, how do they not sit there and eat that entire thing? Like I could not have a jar of cookies just sitting there and not eating them till they're gone. I mean, that's obviously my own disordered <laughs> eating issues. And and if they can, that's I think that's very healthy. You know, if they just can grab one when they really want something sweet, I mean, good for them. And obviously, they have a lot of kids, so I'm sure, and they have a full staff, so I'm sure the staff just keeps the cookie jars filled. But I would imagine there's a ton of food waste there. I don't know. I'm kind of obsessed with what's up with that cookie jar. Do all the cookies get eaten? Is there a lot of food waste? I hate food waste. And I'm like, are they just throwing those cookies out? I need to know this. This is my number one question. Um, so anyway, they, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of notes here because they're really, and I, I assumed when I saw that it was going to be couture fashion week, I'm like, oh, they're going to be talking about how they need to be so skinny. And they didn't, you know, Kim obviously was walking in the show. She was very nervous. She, and she had this body skimming black dress on where you could clearly still see that she has lots of curves that she still has a very large you know ass and but it's it's very well formed right I think if anything if anything with all this conjecturing over have the Kardashians had their BBLs dissolved I personally think that what the car like again this is totally a guess but I would imagine that if the Kardashians lost a lot of weight, that their asses naturally lost a little bit of weight. I assume because the Kardashians are perfectionists, I would assume that if they have had work done and they did lose a lot of weight and they had maybe some weird bumps in certain places because of fat grafting and fat transfer mm -hmm. or synthetic injections, what have you, that if there's a little bit of a bump or something like that, they can just get that corrected very, very easily. Um, you know, very similar to what Adriana did. It's it's that non-invasive approach where you can just get things smooth and rounded in all the right places where you want them. So again, I don't, I mean, if you have the money and you have the means, I mean, that's, that's why, like in my last episode with my subscription, you know, if you have a lot of money, you can be hot, like, right? Like you can get your features balanced with a lot of the search surgical ways out there that, and some of them, the, the more the technology gets better, the less invasive things are and the more natural people look and you really can't tell that they've had work done. So, I mean, I'm obviously a big fan. I don't think the Kardashians have had their BBLs dissolved. I just think that they have lost some weight. Whether they've had the the help of a semaglutide cocktail like the like Margaret Joseph's, who knows? 
Um, but you know, to each her own, I just think it's fascinating to talk about. Uh, so my next episode, I am going to be, I'm going to talk about my, how I just asked for more money at my other job already, and it didn't quite go well. Uh, that was an interesting thing, but I, I want that behind the paywall. I am going to be doing a topic on, um, on like the weight set point. And I am going to be talking about numbers, like numbers on the scale. I'm going to be talking about my own weight. So, so it's going to be one where I really get into the details on that. So if any of you who do subscribe, so it'll be a subscription show for Craving More. I want it behind a paywall because I do know that talking about numbers on the scale can be very triggering for some people. And if you do subscribe and that triggers you, please don't listen. Um, you know, skip that episode. But I I mean, I want to be very honest and I like talking numbers and I don't think that it's a bad thing to talk about. I like to be very honest. But again, I don't want to trigger too many of society. So I'm going to be doing it on my next show of Craving More. So I would love all of you to subscribe to Craving More. That is behind the paywall. And we get into all the juicy details about everything. Um, talk just a little bit more openly about things that just aren't for the general public. So you can do that by going to wherever you listen to podcasts and just clicking that subscription link. Uh, please leave a review for this episode just by leaving some stars, leaving a comment that really helps us and means a lot to us podcasters. Uh, follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast and Veronica.Santarelli. And until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.